Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Patrick Coletti is a re-founder. As president of NetHealth for two decades, he and his partners led the organization from the brink of bankruptcy to a health technology leader that helps caregivers heal millions of people each year. An experienced board director and advisor for angel, venture capitalists, and private equity-backed organizations, Patrick is a frequent speaker, selective consultant, and redemptive investor who teaches about making broken things better. We're really excited to have Patrick on our show today. Hello, Patrick. Hey, Ed. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about the topic of bravery. Great. Well, bravery and the work that you're doing, I think, are very closely related. I did a light job of interviewing you, and I'm wondering if you could uh, tell folks a little bit more about your background and what you're currently doing to integrate and uh, reflect the work you're doing in the marketplace. That'd be great. So about 20 years ago, I got my first opportunity uh, really in leadership. And so it was my second job out of school. And um, there were two of us uh, that were asked to stick around for for a turnaround. And it was a classic dot com. Unfortunately, everybody was laid off. The two of us were given 90 days and the rest is history, so to speak. And of course, in that moment, it was was frightful. Uh, I was three months married at the time. I mean, it was it was quite frightening. Um, and today it's, it's a, a much bigger and better story. So for most of my professional life, I, I worked on that organization and growing and scaling a, a SaaS business that's focused in healthcare. Uh, and today I, I've really set my attention on sharing the, the good word, so to speak, about being a refounder and the research that I've done, the interviews I've done, my personal experience and explaining how leaders can take broken things and make them better. Well, I know we'll talk a little bit about what refounder means for uh, many of our listeners. That might be a new word, but it is interesting when you think about uh, how you look back that at a certain time, something seemed very stressful, uh, painful, and later, years later, you look back and it oftentimes was the best thing that could have happened. I don't know if you think back to what you were experiencing when you were experiencing it and now how you think about it. I do. And, and frequently when I speak on that, on the subject of opportunity or being a refounder, one of the one of the stories I tell is, you know, we were given an opportunity that, that sounded terrible. You know, so somebody said, listen, everybody around you has just been laid off. 
you have three months and we're going to cut your salary in half. And if you can make it work, you can keep your job. You know, and as we investigated, what we found is we had a half a million dollars in debt. We had, you know, a million dollars of shareholders money that was gone. And we, we didn't really have a product. You know, we had three and a half product ideas, so to speak. And so particularly when I speak with, with people who are in college or graduating college or young professionals, I like to remind them that, you know, it's easy to think that you'll take an opportunity for sure when it comes around. But if your perception is that opportunity should be wrapped up with a nice bow, you're going to be heartbroken because real opportunity tends to be a mess, you know, a dumpster fire of a business, a, a relationship that is in disrepair. And it's typically in those moments that you can become a founder. Well, a lot of our guests have said that being brave is like a dumpster fire, that it's not some kind of smooth and even keeled experience with others, but oftentimes it's a very emotional, uh, very hard to do, can be very stressful, but using your phrase of dumpster fire, I think for a lot of folks, that's what bravery feels like. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, that dumpster fire doesn't go out right away. So just because <laughs> you've, uh, you know, exercised your bravery muscles, you're not always rewarded a moment later. Well, that's a great observation for our listeners. You know, oftentimes bravery is not one swing at the bat, right? You might start a conversation with somebody about a behavior that's having a negative influence on others, and it might take multiple times for them to make the type of progress you're hoping for, for them to get the message, right? The first time you talk with them, they might not hear you or get it. And then uh, you don't feel that you're making great progress and you have to go back a few times. So in addition to bravery being like a dumpster fire, unfortunately, you have to go back into the fire you know, potentially multiple times. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And and, and I would argue in, in the research we did for the book also shared that, you know, not only is there, there that initial moment, you know, perhaps it's a crisis or a moment of clarity, but for better or for worse, you have to keep doing that. You know, organizations, uh, relationships get stale. And so there's a, there's a period of time, even if you have turned something around, your product is moving in the right direction and your, your organization or your not-for-profit is really growing. Inevitably, whether it's every five or six years or there's another crisis looming, there's another refounding moment around the bend. And that's going to require bravery as well. No doubt. And you just published a new book called Refounder, How Transformational Leaders Take What's Broken and Make It Better. Can you tell us a little bit about how this book came about? Yeah, absolutely. So there's really three three parts to the book. So the, the first part is our story. Uh, you know, how uh, two, two people in their, you know, 20s were given an opportunity um, and, uh, and, and kind of pulled through with the help of a lot of people. Uh, and and made something I think pretty beautiful, and so that's story one. The story two really is so. What are the principles? You know, because we we have found that they are repeatable, and that there's actually a playbook here. And so describe the principles that are involved with any refounder having a successful refounder moment. And then the third part was you know it's great to hear your story, and it's great to understand the principles. But let's see this illustrated in some other people. And so I focus on some really important uh, people around the country and some really important topics uh, like education, like healthcare and health equity, uh, and a few others as well to really illustrate the point. What is a refounder, Patrick? I think that's probably a newer word for many of our listeners. Yeah, so uh, you can think of refounders in a few different ways, but the easiest way to think of it is a refounder is somebody who challenges the status quo and takes something broken and makes it better. 
And so you can juxtapose that with refounders in a sense that founders, you know, essentially they start with little more than a raw idea and the willpower to see it to life. And you can think of somebody like um, Elon Musk from Tesla. Uh, they go all in on an idea and and the world has really benefited from them. However, um, like founders, refounders are also visionaries, but refounders take a slightly different approach. You know, think of them as the turnaround artists, the men and women who reimagine existing but broken structures and then aim to improve them. Um, they're magicians. You know, they take the raw materials of a company, a culture or even a life and then they transform them into something more meaningful. So, you know, put more simply, refounders use their magic to create something better from something broken. Well, as a student of bravery, uh, a refounder sounds as though it is somebody who has to be brave, right? Because those are a couple of the characteristics of somebody who is brave in the workplace. One, somebody who's willing to challenge the status quo. Oftentimes we are okay with how things are, even if things aren't great. And we need somebody to say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done. And one of the characteristics needed to do that is bravery. And oftentimes it is something that's, you know, quote unquote, broken, not working well, having a negative influence on others. You know, we're in a nosedive and we can't swing out of it. So I'm not trying to steal your word, but it just sounds as though a refounder is somebody who uh, mirrors uh, a brave person. Yeah, I, I think almost by definition, you know, it's in their their DNA uh, and, it, and it needs to be expressed at some point. So I'd say it's probably a true statement. All refounders are brave. Right, right. So when you think about bravery in the workplace, Patrick, what words or phrases come to mind for you? Well, I've given this some thought and, and there's really there's four or five ideas that are swirling around in my mind. But so one of them uh, is a combination of, of words I, I used to use. And, and the, the word is crelevant. And it, it's this combination of credible and relevant. Um, another word that comes to mind is, is beautiful uh, and growth oriented. And see, if you're going to be brave, typically there is an end that is better in sight, right? It's for some greater purpose. And so you, you can say that they have a growth mindset for sure. Um, but then I think about credibility and relevance. And so the reason I, I use those two words together is that a moment of bravery that lacks credibility and relevance, aka authenticity, is really just a brash act. And so that moment of bravery should be considered. It should have a greater purpose in mind as well. So those are a few of the words uh, that come to mind. I, I love curiosity and I also like vulnerability. You know, we use the word authentic a lot and some people can get confused by exactly what that means. And so I like to espouse this notion of vulnerability in a very appropriate way because I think that great relationships are a result of vulnerability and kind of building our trust and then our risk-taking muscles. Well, I love those words and the word crevalent, oh, crevalent, if I've got it correctly, it, I'm just hearing it for the first time, crevalent uh, is so important, right? Because a lot of people have this vision that bravery is some kind of in the moment and uh, uh, impetuous type activity that you suddenly do at a meeting, right? And in reality, uh, brave moments do require what I consider to be practice. Uh, you do have to be credible. You have to know what you're talking about and understand the impact that it has on others. Of course, it has to be relevant to what you're doing and working on. But uh, all of that together requires that the other person believes that what you're saying 
to them is intended to help them. If I feel that you're just trying to put me down or be critical, I'm not going to have the same type of reaction as somebody I trust who I believe is sharing this information with me because I might have a blind spot and not realize that something I'm saying or doing is having a negative impact. And, you know, that's why I think relevance is a great, great perspective. Love it. Yeah. And that's, that's also the reason I use the word beautiful, which is, which is odd, right? People don't, don't typically think about that in, in the relational context or in business context, but if it's for a greater purpose, right? You're, whether you're speaking uh, truth to power or, or you're, you know, having to, you know, challenge the status quo, if it's for a beautiful and or better purpose in the future, then I think that that seals the deal and helps us act with more confidence. Well, I love the word beautiful. And this is why we ask this question of our guests, because most guests have different words that they use and apply. And you know, I do believe that when you engage in a moment of bravery, where you do find a way to say something that needs to be said or do something that needs to be done, sometime later, whether it's a month later, years later, you'll look back very favorably on what you did and feel it was a beautiful opportunity to influence somebody in a great way. You know, I've often told the story about how I left my last employer and I was laid off from my company and I was not expecting to get laid off. And, you know, that day, that week, that month, if anyone had asked me, I would have told them it was the worst day of my professional career. Absolutely, hands down, the absolute worst day of my professional career. Twelve years later, you know, it set me on a journey that I did not anticipate. Twelve years later, I look at people straight in the eyes and I tell them it was the best day of my professional career because it turned out to be a beautiful moment that my I don't know that my boss had anticipated, but, you know, sending me out into the uh, world of unemployment and transitioning to an independent consultant was a fantastic journey. So I love relevance. I love beautiful. I love curiosity. I love vulnerability. Those are all words that we could spend a ton of time thinking about authenticity. Any others? Those are the big ones. Uh, you know, the, the rest of them come through in stories, but I'd say that, yeah, crelevance, uh, growth oriented and beautiful tend to come to mind. If we could pick apart just for a moment, Patrick, vulnerability, because we have heard that as a key word that people think about. Can you share with folks how you relate vulnerability with bravery? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll share a story of one of the uh, cultural elements that we created you know, over the past, let's say, 10 years of the organization was um, an event we do where we bring all people together. Uh, and as we grow, sometimes we do that virtually as well. And in, in those gatherings, which are typically a full day, we do our own version of TED Talks, and we call them NED Talks, like Net Health Education. And uh, we ask for volunteers, and we get a lot of hands that raise, and then we ultimately pick usually uh, seven or eight people. And then a small group of us, uh, our general counsel, who's super creative and a great storyteller, and Erica Nicholson, uh, who for years has just been a, a great creative partner, we would come together with those uh, folks. And, and it was kind of like an American Idol almost. I mean, we would walk them from beginning to end of who cares about your story and why should they care? And we, and we say it a little nicer than that, but, but essentially that's the point. And then we, we lay in a narrative arc and we allow them and, and give them the opportunity in front of the entire organization to walk out on a stage you know, half of the time with, you know, some notes in their hands are shaking a little bit and tell an important story about the world or an experience they had that changed them. And it is powerful 
and, it, and it's a moment where you as an organization and you're leaning forward, you know, and, and there's that moment when you have empathy for someone where if they stumble, even for a moment, you know, you kind of lean forward in your chair and, and, and you say to yourself, it's okay. Like you got this, right? Well, in that moment, what you experience as an organization is a collective vulnerability and authenticity that is so difficult to duplicate in any other setting. And so for the person who is brave enough to stand on stage and share this important moment in their life with other people, that is bravery. And what's unique is, you know, at the, uh, at the end of the day, you know, a thousand people know them in a different way. And whether you're on a, a Zoom call with them or you, you, you go grab a coffee with them or you're in a meeting with them six months later, you absolutely know them in a unique way. And I think it leads to you having, you know, compassion and care and, and love for that person that you wouldn't have otherwise uh, had. So that's an example that, that I've got of, of bravery and authenticity and really vulnerability uh, at work. Well, I love that story. And I think people also recognize because they were asked as well if they wanted to get up and speak that uh, the amount of bravery it took for that person to do it. And then you look back at it with hindsight, even a day later saying, wow, you did such a great job yesterday. At that moment, that person was probably horrified to be up there. But a couple of days later, they're feeling pretty good, right? They look back and say, I'm so glad I raised my hand. I'm so glad I stepped into it. I was fearful of getting up there. I was nervous. You know, the sheet of paper were shaking, et cetera. I'm sure I did a terrible job. You know, we all tend to be our own worst critics. So, you know, I think that reflects as well on your your, your beautiful uh, uh, definition of bravery, right? That it, it can be something that if you do it, can lead you in really positive and great ways. I'm wondering, Patrick, uh, in addition to that story, do you have any other stories that you might share with us about bravery in the workplace? And this might be something that you look back on with pride because it's something that you did amongst other emotions by demonstrating bravery that have helped you, or you look back with regret. It's something you didn't say or do that had a negative impact on your career that you'd love to share with our listeners. I do. Yeah. So, you know, for years, as we as we scaled as an organization, you know, from 50 to 100 to 200, to 300 and onward and onward, we we attempted to create a, um, a culture of, uh, you know, a flourishing and where people could speak truth to power, be candid with us and uh, challenge. And, and like I said, be vulnerable. And I remember one time we had a uh, we had an intern and we do a fellowship program. And so this intern uh, had been with us for a little more than just around the year time frame. And, and we adored this intern. I mean, he was terrific. He was uh, not cynical. He was earnest. He was hardworking, quick to volunteer to do something. And, and we just thought he was, you know, like exactly what we wanted for the future. You know, we used to, we used to have this thing called net health next and they were these emerging leaders. And so we definitely, although he was young, we, we said, you know what, this looks like somebody who could be on that path. Well, one night we got an email from Billy at two in the morning. And, you know, as my mom used to say, I don't think anything good happens after midnight. And so I had, you know, for any of you who have gotten one of those late night emails, you have this uh, cringy reaction, you know, is, is Billy saying something he probably shouldn't because it's too late at night or is Billy resigning or, you know, what's going on? Well, uh, it turns out that the Billy was speaking truth to power and he said, listen, I've been here a year and 
I found a couple things I think aren't going as well as they should. And he emailed the entire C team. And so he said, listen, I, I, I've read a book. And if you're willing, I'll buy you a copy of this book if you're willing to just read the first chapter. Because I think there's a couple things that are broken that we can fix with this book. Now, can you imagine a year out of college, you know, two in the morning email saying, I'll buy you the book if you're willing to, you know, take a look at the first chapter. And, you know, in a moment, you know, if I'm being really candid, it's first I was thinking, are you crazy? Like, what, what do you mean? I mean, we've been in business and we're super successful and all this stuff. But then you realize you deliberately set out to create a culture where that is exactly what you want people to do. And so sure enough, we, uh, we bought the uh, book. We didn't make Billy pay for it. We bought the book and it turned out he was right. And he reminded us of some things, really the difference between lead and lag measures that in our, you know, 100% a year growth, we just kind of put by the wayside because we were, we were thinking about some other things. And so it turned out that our strategic planning process was actually led by the principles in this book that sure enough, Billy at two in the morning had emailed us about. And so I celebrate that story because it doesn't matter where you are in your career or what your role is. You can have a voice and yes, you need to word it with credibility and relevance and do it with the right heart. Uh, but that to me is the impact of, of bravery. Well, what a fantastic story. And I also think, Patrick, that there must have been a culture that made that type of outreach welcome, right? Some organizations do not have that type of culture. And Billy's email would have been ignored or he would have gotten, quote unquote, in trouble. Uh, but I think based on how he knew all of you and the uh, interactions that he had with all of you, he knew even if it took till two in the morning, maybe that's because he was rewriting it a few times and then finally said, all right, it's ready to go, uh, that he could send it to all of you. I think our listeners would reprimand me if I didn't ask what the name of the book was. Do you recall? I do. It's The Four Disciplines of Execution, also known as 4DX. Okay, great. Great. Well, Patrick, this was fantastic. Thank you for the two stories that you shared, as well as the words that you shared and a new word, which I hope you go on to GoDaddy and Reserve called Crelevant and uh, own it going forward. Uh, if folks want to get in touch with you and follow up a little bit more about your book, your business, uh, bravery, how can they get in touch with you? You can get more information at refounder.com. You can also follow me at Twitter, on LinkedIn and on Clubhouse as well. Fantastic. And we'll include all those links on the podcast page when it gets published. So thanks again, Patrick, for your time today. Thank you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.